Hello, my friend, David Metcalf here, your host at Refreshingly Honest Christian. Uh, just jumping in here right at the top uh, to let you know a little bit about uh, this episode. So, uh, <laughs> Edmund Mitchell, he is uh, a, a good internet friend, um, <laughs> which you'll hear more about uh, as we dive in. But I wanted to let you know up top that we we recorded this a little bit ago. Um, it was you'll 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 kind of gather this as you listen, but we kind of, this was like right around like when COVID was just happening, but, uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> just, just d- didn't release until now. Uh, but here we are. I'm excited to, um, to share this conversation with you. Um, it really is such a good conversation. And, uh, as you'll find out, uh, Edmund is a Catholic creative. Uh, he lives in, uh, I believe Grapevine, Texas. I'm I'm gonna just a quick Instagram check. Pretty sure. Um, let yeah. Let's just say I just the Grapevine, Texas. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Edmund, you live in uh, Grapevine, Texas. I'm gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all that to say, he is a uh, awesome guy. I really enjoy this person. He. Um, he really does. I say it in the show, but he really does kind of feel like a brother, <laughs> uh, a brother from another mother. Um, and also he, you know, at, as the title of this podcast suggests, he's he's a ca- he's Catholic. I can't even believe I can't even believe it. Oh, my gosh. Is he even really Christian? Just kidding. Uh, no, we get into that. We talk about all these like weird little um isms between protestants and catholics and yada yada it's a really fascinating conversation and for me was a really um enlightening conversation it it, some of it uh here listening back it's like i remember being just very skeptical or not skeptical but like hesitant about uh the types of the words that i was i didn't want to say the wrong thing uh so uh you'll you'll notice some of that but uh again really great conversation i really love this guy um, I support him on Patreon. I love his work. He's really inspired a lot of um, even just my own personal creative work. Um, he, he's um, a really, really great follow. Uh, and so, um, yeah, uh, towards the end, I'm going to I'll I'll be back just to fill in any gaps. Enjoy. Edmund Mitchell, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Good to see you. How are you, my friend? We are. Uh, we've been chatting. We're. I, I don't want to pretend like we haven't been chatting for the past twenty minutes. Here we are. We're we're connecting over the inter interwebs, as they say. Yeah, it's been great. I actually, I, honestly, like. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have to do like a few episodes back and forth. Like you come on my podcast, I come on yours. I think this is a start of a beautiful relationship. And I'm glad we found each other. Uh, I don't know if you're going to give some, I don't know if you're going to give some context of just like how we've come in contact with each other, but um, it's, it, you know, it's a roller coaster. It's like what, you know, one part creepy, one part romantic, uh, yeah. you know, one part uh, a comedy, you know, it's just, it's a crazy, literally when I went to your Instagram and then I, I texted it to i uh, I'm in a, 
a group text with uh, some friends, um, Johnny, Ali, and Nick, who are on my podcast a lot. And I said, check out this guy's Instagram. I didn't say anything. I just said, check out this guy's. They all texted me back. They say, this is you. They were like, this guy is literally you. This is you. <laughs> Dude, okay. So I would love to give context to how I even came across you, figured out that you were even a person on this planet. Um, yes. Yeah. No. It's a wild story. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of part creepy. And I would love to emphasize that for a moment because, um, I never thought that we would come into contact with one another. So here we are. No, but I, I've actually, yeah. so to back up a little bit, I've been following you for a while. I would say yeah. the better part of over a year, uh, would just, which wow. just sounds creepy when you're a real person and you say that out loud, it just sounds odd. <laughs> I know, but it's so like, we do that, right? Like if you ever met, you know, uh, Chris D'Elia, or if you ever met, like if, for me, if I ever met Joe Rogan or some of these people, like they would have absolutely no idea who I am, but I would have like years of my life right. that I, like, I, I know things about them and all that. And, uh, I think we met or, or you saw me in a comment with Chase Reeves, yep. who Chase Reeves, man, I've been following for geez, like since 2013, 14, maybe. Um, so yeah, like, and he has probably zero clue who I am and maybe, maybe we interacted in like one random Instagram comment and then it's just, it's all in the internet, you know? Well, and, and that's the thing is like, what, to your point, you're saying like, okay, like if, if a celebrity were to like celebrities, they just expect it, but like, no surprise, you're not a celebrity, which I would say, uh, but yeah, Chase Reeves, yeah. I'm actually curious, are you a fizzler were, or were you a fizzler at one point? Oh yeah. Of course you were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're such an entrepreneurial Yeah, my trajectory. Guy. I can see it. Yeah, my trajectory was like in the 2000, 2008, 2009, 2010, started getting really into the Tim Ferriss train. Yep. And I'm like, you know, in college getting really into this like productivity, borderline entrepreneur, kind of hack your life. <laughs> Kind of, so then I was like Tim Ferriss, Ramit Sethi, yeah. but like I will teach you to be rich. And I'm like, I'm in college, I need to figure out life. And uh, so I started really consuming a lot of that. And then the um, Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. And then it slowly started morphing into then Fizzle. I was like, oh, this is definitely my speed. Like yeah. I went full in on Fizzle and all their podcasts and all this stuff. And then I became a, you know, I was for a couple months was in their whole platform and uh, and then it started morphing more into eventually Gary V and then Sean West and the future Academy. Yep. Kind of, so then at one point I was in the future Academy, or I was in a Sean West kind of community, which is kind of similar to, so man, it's been, it's been wild. Like, uh, that's kind of been the trajectory of it, I think. And then following chase from fizzle then to his, his backpack YouTube channel. Right. Exactly. It's so weird. Well, and that's yeah. the thing is, okay, so when I saw the comment that you had made, it was something to the, it, you were just asking something about like, hey, Chase, like, what do you, what do you think about basically like what is going on here? Like it was something to the effect of yeah. like, like, are you, you were basically like asking the question, like, what do you think of what's going on here? And I'm like, this is the type of guy that I want to talk to. So I followed you <laughs> yeah. and immediately was like, okay, I like what this guy's on about. You, you were very creative. Um, I saw that you were a podcaster. I saw that you were a YouTuber. Um, I saw that you had this, um, you're just, first of all, I need to tell you this, Edmund. I think you're hilarious. 
And I don't think you... Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you hear that enough, but I want you to know that you make me laugh. No, I never hear that. Basis. No, and actually, like, I really relate. I know we both like Chris D'Elia, but I really, really relate to, um, like, some of his friends or whatever who say that since he was a really young kid, he always just wanted to make people laugh. Like, I've realized more and more, especially as I've been podcasting more and doing more of this stuff, that... I, I really, and it might not be always good, but I get some of my self worth out of whether or not I can make someone else laugh. Oh man. Like, I, I don't know why it's just like a natural, like I just go there suddenly and I start feeling really uncomfortable if I can't make someone, I worry about it way too much. Yeah. It's a form, it's a form so of I, connection. I, so I, I, I totally yeah, get that. Yeah. 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 Also, I think most of my life, like my mom I love making my mom laugh. And I think most of my life was like making my mom laugh. And she's such a silly person. She's such, she's such a, like, she's just kind of a, kind of a ditz, you know? And, and it's so funny. And, and I just have so many memories of like, as a young kid, or even, even as I got older, like making my mom laugh or making my mom and her mom or making my mom and my aunt like laugh so hard that we're all just like in tears. And I don't know, that just has always been a part of my life. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's real. And I can feel, and I honestly, let me ask you this is, was Chase your favorite on the fizzle show? Anytime you listen to the podcast? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh dude. Yeah. And I resonated with him so much. Cause I felt like he was so good about like, he was just so hilarious, but yeah. also there's like a certain level of skill that I started realizing with chase. Like when he said one time, he's like, I'm working on this accent and this character. And I was like, you're working on, yeah. And then um, he, he, yeah, he recommended a book called shoot. I forget the book, but it's a, a famous comedy book. And like, he was reading it and I ordered it immediately. Um, it was like on improv or something. And so, uh, so yeah, for sure. Like Chase, I really resonate a lot with Chase in the same way that probably like with us where you see each other, you hear each other and you go, okay, like this is someone that's in my tribe. Like this is someone that's in my area here. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm dwelling too much on this, but yeah, all that to say when I first saw you, this was before, this was pre podcast pre what this is now. And I saw what yeah. I, I saw what you were doing and I'm like, this guy is seems like to be very intensely creative. You also struck, well, and the other interesting thing that I, I noticed about you was that you were a person of faith. You were a, a Catholic guy. And again, I don't know if I said this before we hit record, but I've never met a Catholic person uh, ever, ever until you literally, really? where did you, where did you grow up or where have you lived most of Dude, your life? I don't know. I've, I, so I've, Born and raised here in Bend, Oregon. I'm like, I don't know the answer. I don't know where I was born or what my life has consisted of. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was that was something that intrigued me. And uh, just, I don't know, all that to say, this kind of coalesced into, this seems like an interesting guy to watch. And so um, yeah. uh, I'm not embarrassed to admit that I, uh, I've i stolen a lot from you um, as a creative person. Perfect. Uh, no, that was like the biggest, like, I... I like if that's true, I that is like the biggest compliment ever. No, it's I was like, true. man, that is so cool. I wasn't sure though. Honestly, my first reaction was like, maybe I have tapped into something that this person tapped into, and we both just happened to <laughs> no. to do it. You know what I mean? It's so, almost embarrassing. So, but like the I, the IKEA desks, yeah. the disco ball, <laughs> like the road. I was. It was such a weird experience. Yeah. And 
And yeah, part of me was like, oh man, if we've both tapped into this subconsciously without no. without coming across each other, that's crazy. No. And then my second thought was like, man, if I've influenced him in any way, shape, or form, like that that's a huge compliment and I, affirmation. I'm not kidding, Edmund. If I could have gone the rest of my days just slowly stealing from you and just been fine. And <laughs> but but here's the thing: as I've followed you, I've developed this one-sided relationship with you, where I'm like, I I want to get to know yeah. this guy. Um, so really, what prompted this was uh, I noticed you had liked a few of the things that on on my feed, and I was like, all right. I'm going to say hi to this guy. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, so glad anyway, you, I'm so glad you get, I'm so glad you did, dude. And I'm the same way. Like a lot of stuff I'm doing, uh, you know, is it's, um, there's that book steal like an artist by Austin Cleon, I think. Yes. And I think it's just part of yep. the creative journey of trying to figure out, you know, there's people you respect and then that inspire you. You try to do things like them or you try to like take little things that they're doing. And you're going, okay, that thing that he does, like that really fits with me. And, and then over time you start, then you look back and there's going to be someone that's going to reach out to you and go, dude, I've been following your stuff yeah. for two years, you know? And like, and you're like, man, like I really have yeah. established my own voice in my own area in, in this creative capacity. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I, yeah. And it's almost, it, it, there's, there's, there's like a borderline between like, how much are you like just straight up stealing yeah. and how much are you just getting inspired yeah. by? Uh, anyway. Yeah. It's all interesting. Yeah, I think, but no, I've, I think Austin Cleon, there's some good, there's some good podcasts like where he goes through that, that people that are listening should go check out where he talks about like, like what's the difference between just copying and, and like taking and adjusting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too. I think there, there's this idea, the basic idea of that book. And I love that book too, by the way, which is literally behind, literally behind Perfect. me, um, that book. Um, but there's there's this idea based the idea being that you can either be a voice or an echo mm. and i think uh the whole idea of that book at least to me is like i think you need to be an echo before you ever have a voice oh yeah like you that's how you develop yeah, your voice for sure um uh, but yeah man it's interesting i yeah i'm just excited to have you have you on and to talk to you and inter interact yeah for sure but i, I was going to say though um uh, it's interesting, the whole echo thing, you know, it's a very, uh, it's also like a very Christian idea, right? This like, like that you can maintain your personality and your uniqueness, but still be like an imitation of Jesus. It's like such a strange tension mm. because like when, you know, when we become more like Jesus, we still retain our like uniqueness. Right. So like we don't, uh, or like when you're, when you get married, it's like the two become one flesh, but there's still two, like there's still like while still maintaining your individual, like the beauty of you as a unique person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing I've noticed uh, that you're a part of this Catholic creatives, like, I don't want to say group, but it seems like a, a group or a club or yeah. A, yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you mentioned some of your, um, co-hosts and, and all that. Um, yeah. Is that, and I would love to, first of all, back up and ask you all about your life, but let's start with that. Like what's, yeah. What's, uh, what is, what's that whole thing about? And what, I mean, I guess what so, drew you to like the creative work that you're doing nowadays to begin with, you have the studio, uh, you're, you're doing all this epic stuff. I mean, yeah. What the heck, man? Well, I mean, you just, 
you just have, you know, you have a privileged white middle, upper middle class life where your parents love you too much and tell you, you can do anything, which establishes an unfounded sense of self-importance, which, and also <laughs> you constantly want attention, right? So there's the bad, yeah. like origin of that motivation, right? And then there's the good side of it, of like, you know, helping people communicate. I've always loved communicating and like putting out something that I'm expressing or working through internally. And, um, so then like, I mean, the long, longer story made short is that, uh, grew up Catholic, wasn't really into my faith, didn't really know Jesus. Um, then started getting really into the intellectual side through like apologetics. Yeah. And me and my friend, me and my friends would, uh, so I was a super, or I was an orchestra nerd and we would, um, you know, like over lunch or, or during lunch and um, we would just meet in orchestra in the orchestra room that was empty. And me and my friends would just like debate or not really debate, but just kind of like, yeah, like in a friendly way, like go through apologetics about the faith and stuff. And so that was really fun. And it motivated me to learn more about my faith and then uh, got really into the intellectual side of, of the faith and was dating um, a Protestant at the time. And Ugh. my dad handed me this yeah, <laughs> dude, I love, no, brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So um, <laughs> so my dad, but my dad was kind of concerned, right? Like my dad teaches RCIA. He teaches like faith formation and stuff. And so he's just kind of like, well, okay. You know, my son is in high school dating this Protestant girl. And um, there was this, there was this kind of pa pastor that had converted as the head of his church to Catholicism. Like, like, oh, interesting. was like, hi, I'm your pastor. And through studying scripture slowly was like converted to Catholicism. Interesting. So he came to our parish and gave this seminar on like reading all of scripture through like this narrative of salvation history. And it was the first time that I met that I saw someone who was not a priest who knew their faith really well and they were funny and he was really smart. And so in high school, I was like, this is strange. Like normally it's just like fat priests, right? Like it's right. just like, like it's the only like super Catholic person I really had to look up to was like, I don't know. And like old nuns or like old women, right? It's like, so it was the first time I was, I was really compelled. And so my dad bought this book from him called Rome Sweet Home uh, and handed it to me and said, hey, give this to your girlfriend. Because it was the story of him converting. And he was like, give this to your girlfriend. Basically like just trying to convert her, which is a horrible idea. Well, I sat in my car and read half the book in the parking lot that day. Mm. And I don't think I ever gave it to my girlfriend, but it just started this, it just started this journey of like, man, there's something this guy has that I don't have. I know a lot about the faith. I know a lot about Jesus, but this person, like, like this guy knows Jesus mm. and I don't know that I know Jesus. And that started me on this long journey of like starting to enter into praise and worship that whole culture and like more the charismatic dimension of the faith and like personal relationship with Jesus, which in the Catholic world, a lot of Catholics don't know about that. They're like, what is that? It's just a Protestant thing. It's like, no, it's a Christian thing. Like, right, right, right. And so, um, so I, I still wanted to go to Georgia tech to become a biomedical engineer. Cause I wanted to be rich and smart. And then through that, went through a series of events where I decided I wanted to transfer out and, and try to give my life to, to ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about you joining, um, like studying to become a pastor. Like I, I really felt this call. I didn't want to be a priest. I knew I discerned that, that I didn't feel like God was calling me to that. I really felt like, you know, the church needed witnesses of just fathers mm -hmm. 
who love the Lord and who are normal. Right. And, but I did have a strong desire to work for the church. So then I, I transferred to Steubenville, Francisco University of Steubenville and studied youth ministry and then got into youth ministry. And then I had some youth minister friends who kind of had one foot in youth ministry, one foot in like client work for creative, like video graphic design. Yeah. And we were all sitting around the table and they were kind of, I was getting really into the Gary V stuff. And this was, I don't know, four or five years ago, we were all sitting around table over breakfast and um, they were talking about, you know, getting better clients and stuff or like, how do we get more clients and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you guys should just start like a, like a Catholic creatives Facebook group. Interesting. And just host the party, like the Gary V host the party kind of like philosophy. If you host the party, then you're positioned in a way that people are going to want to like, they're going to want to mess with you, you know? Yeah, totally. So fast forward two years later and it's a conference. It's a huge conference where 300 people are coming and it's this very niche, but pretty, I mean, it just kind of exploded into this huge thing and it's really impacted uh, the Catholic world as far as like publication companies, ministries. It's, it's kind of, it's turned into this whole huge thing. So. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hello, 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 my friend. Are you still listening? Are you there? Are you awake? Are you alive? Are you alert? Enthusiastic? Am I annoying you yet? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) uh, Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a um, a great platform for audiobooks. And so if you don't know about Audible, I love Audible. I use it just about every day. Uh, I can't even tell you how many... Um, books that I have added to my wish list right now. I'm like just waiting for my credits to roll in. <laughs> I get two credits a month uh, and I, I just like to, similar to a podcast, I like to have it on uh, somewhat in the background. I'm not the best uh, reader. Um, I can read people. I just have a hard time focusing. So uh, <laughs> if like me, you kind of struggle focusing uh, in, you know, and retaining some of the stuff that you're uh, you know, reading or listening to, uh, Audible is a great way for you to to really um, absorb some of that content and to really, um, you know, internalize what you're what you're listening, which is the whole point, or what you're what you're reading or what you're listening to. So uh, it's it's been a great thing for me, and so uh, Audible is providing refreshingly honest Christian listeners a free audiobook. Uh, with um, with the code audibletrial.com slash refreshingly honest Christian. Uh, and I think it's like $14.95 a month. You can cancel any time after that. Uh, but you get your first book free. And you can pick any book of your choice. Um, I don't remember what I'm listening to right now. I've been, as you guys know, uh, Audible's a, a <laughs> uh, been a long time uh, supporter of the podcast here. And so I, I just go in and out. But... Um, Recently had, um, last episode, I had uh, Hemant Mehta, uh, the friendly atheist, on, and he, he shared a book that I'm, I, I'm actually, actually very excited to get into, get into and it's called uh, Breaking the Spell, uh, and it's talking about like the power of religion and why people are so drawn to it. To it. I haven't actually listened to it, but it is on my list. So uh, again, you can pick any book of your choice. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash refreshingly honest Christian for your free audiobook and to support the show. Uh, also, we have a Patreon, if you don't already know. And uh, no shame in my game. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love creating this podcast. It really is a labor of love. 
Um, I also create videos and, and, uh, I'm trying to get more on YouTube, but all that to say, uh, I have a Patreon, and if you want to support me and the work that I'm doing here at Refreshingly Honest Christian, uh, it would mean the world. And so, um, it, there's different tiers. You can, for as little as like three dollars a month, uh, you can join our small but mighty community. Uh, we'll send you a free Jesus pin. So if you're into Jesus and you like pins, uh, we'll send you one. Uh, is it technically free because you're kind of paying for it? Uh, don't think about it too much. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it, those pins really are like limited edition. We don't we don't sell them. Uh, they are just for for supporters of the show. So uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash David Metcalf and you can support the show. Uh, and it'd mean a lot. It really um, helps me f- feel less insecure about what I'm doing in the world. And so there's tons of value for that that alone. So help me feel less insecure and validate my experience in creating this podcast. (laughs) Is that too much? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, patreon.com forward slash David Metcalf. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's all I have for the sponsors. Uh, Back to the show. One of the things that you mentioned, um, and this is, I feel like a pretty common thing, uh, you, that I hear a lot about in in church world or just being a Christian or whatever is like uh, being being a Christian but not weird, right? Like, um, yeah. And I, it's interesting. Like, I on on the one hand, like I there's there's a part of me that feels like there's no such thing, right? Like you're just as a as a as a believer or whatever you want to call it. Like you're just you believe some pretty pretty crazy stuff about the world not crazy but you know what i mean yeah. like um yeah and so that's not technically normal but but i know what you mean and, and i don't want to splice that at all all i mean is like when i saw you again let's let's rewind like a year and a half a year or whatever ago where i'm like oh yeah this just seems like a guy who i feel like i could talk <laughs> yeah. to like you know what i mean like um i've like yeah. and just so you know like i've actually um, entertained going to a one of the St. Francis of Assisi churches here in our in our town, and I'm like, oh I go, wow, that's cool. I go on, well, I go on the website, and I'm like, this just looks too intimidating. Like, I, like, <laughs> like, like this this guy's wearing a robe. Uh, I don't know, like, but I don't know. All that to say, like, um, yeah, and I feel like that Protestants, uh, if I could make if I could shit on us for a little bit. Um, do it, please. Let's do it. I'll, I, and I'll do plenty of shitting on Catholics throughout this episode too. <laughs> well, it's just funny, man. It, I, it's just like, this is where you get like the caricature, like youth pastor who like is trying to like, you know, guss it up and like try to be way too yeah. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, that's kind of a, no- like, and the thing is like the sense that I get from you is you're, this isn't a tactic for you. Um, I think you're just being yourself and that's something that I really appreciate, honestly. Um, is just yeah. people of faith who don't have to like overtly uh, dress it up in a way that's just like, I don't know, like maybe holier than thou or, you know, all yeah. that stuff. But anyway, man, it's, it's just interesting, interesting that it's interesting that we're like seeing that in uh, in politics. It feels like, too. Are you a Joe Rogan fan? Do you listen to Joe Rogan, too? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So like like he's made some thing He's made some comments that have made me think. You know, when he had Tulsi Gabbard on or he had um, or when he honestly, when he had uh, 
uh, not Joe Biden. Um, oh my gosh, the uh, the communist, uh, <laughs> the communist, the socialist, the socialist. Um, uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but when he, when he had Bernie Sanders on, it very it like very much humanized him, right? And yeah. and Joe has said for for a while now that um, politicians have this like composed presentation. That like who's teaching them that? Who's teaching them to put their hand in a certain way when they make points, you know? Right. And I feel that a little bit. Like if we're going through that as a church, that like as as um, media is changing, it's it's skewing towards the more authentic. Right. I was listening to uh, I was listening to like NPR or something the other day, and and they were saying that um, at first like Kim Kardashian was really revolutionary because she was they were sharing so much of their personal lives and celebrities kind of pushed back because it was like, well, if Brad Pitt sh shares everything he's doing, like would people be able to relate to him like and believe him in a movie role? And like, do you need to keep some mystique? And I think we've seen musicians do their musicians that still are like, no, I need to keep some mystique, keep up this like presentation. Right. right. Whereas I think our generation as we like, I, I try to think like fast forward when we're 50 and 60, the politicians that we're going to be looking to vote for are going to be ones that are going to talk about authenticity. They're going to seem real. Yeah. They're going to just going to share everything. They're going to be like, I don't know the answer. Um, and I think we're seeing that in the church too. And it's strange. I don't know what exactly is, is pushing it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I, you mentioned, um, and I think I vaguely remember that I don't listen to every episode, but th that, uh, that particular episode with Joe Rogan and, and Bernie Sanders, the person I think of who's the least authentic we don't need to get political here. Like, I don't care. I'm not one of those guys who's yeah, like I don't know sensitive. anything. I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about politics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I know less than Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan's a stand-up comedian who you should not listen to exactly. for political advice, right? <laughs> right. No, but. but yeah, to, no, I know nothing. But to have somebody like Bernie on, on the show and to kind of peel back the curtain. But I think of Hillary Clinton, who's like the most stuffy and kind of, um, you know, career she, politician kind of. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you if you saw, but there there was a, a documentary series on Hulu that came out about her. And I'm like, OK, oh. if you had something like this before the election and I don't. And by the way, like, again, I don't care about politics. Like, I really don't. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, dude, yeah, if yeah. you would have been this personable before the election, you might have won. I don't know. I don't, And I don't care either yeah, way. For sure. I mean, I kind of do. But who cares? Um, yeah, you can feel, you can feel like the next generation of politicians are all going to have podcasts. They're all going to be totally you know, <laughs> vlogging. They're all going to be like on Instagram stories and, and it won't be like a party line. It will be much more relatable to our generation of like, you know, I'm not sure this is nuanced. There's both sides. Like we're, we're you know, there's a mod there's like, you know, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is like the extremes, these ideological extremes. If, if all you have is CNN and Fox, I don't know. I don't feel represented by either. I don't. Right. And so I think you're going to have politicians that are like, look, we're more moderate. It's in the middle. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, yeah, to bring that kind of back to the church or faith or all this stuff is like, I do feel like that is, um, I don't know, like spaces like this. And I, I feel like some people have this idea in mind that like, oh, eventually this is just going to replace that completely. Like, I don't believe that for a second. Um, I feel like um, like we need church gatherings, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah. I do feel like spaces like this are really cool in that you can really um, 
talk about the gray area and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and figure and, and just be honest with like, yeah, I don't really know. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just a human too. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. I really think there's, I I really think there's so much more hope for a generation of Christians who, um, you know, I got really into apologetics like at a young age and it was like defending your faith. And it was like, you know, like all my heroes would like debate, you know, debate famous pastors. And like, and I got really into that because really it was because I was unsure about my faith because like Mm. I was unsure what I believed. And I think there's a place for that. And I think a lot of the people that I looked up to are still doing a good service, but it got to a point where I was like, all I know is how to answer intellectual questions in a way that is like a strong arm situation. Yeah. But what I'm, what I don't know how to do is, um, be someone's friend. <laughs> like, and literally like Joe Rogan, one of the reasons I, I love his podcast and what he's doing is that you just get the sense like, like him and Alex, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, what's the crazy I'm blanking on everyone's name. Uh, the really crazy, like conspiracy theory. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but like he, the, the, like Alex, what's guy. his name? Yeah. Yeah. Like that he can have that guy on, he can have Bernie Sanders and you can, and he can say genuinely like they're my friends and they have different opinions and yeah. And we're able to, we're able to talk about, we're able to disagree and be friends and, and like make each other better. I realized in college that like, I hadn't, I hadn't brought anyone closer to Jesus. I had just memorized some responses to intellectual um, converse, intellectual um, disagreements. Yeah. And if I looked back on the years of me really diving into that, I never helped anyone. Yeah. Like I, I, it's very rare that you like get in a conversation with a stranger in a grocery store and they go, you know what? I'm going to reconsider my entire religious heritage. And <laughs> I think you made some, I think you made a good point right. in this 30 second interaction, you know? Totally. Well, and seriously, I mean, <clears throat> not to try to bring it back to this podcast or anything, but I do feel like that's a big part of why I even wanted to have discussions. Even the thought behind the name is like, like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like as Christians, like we're, we're told like, okay, like this is what you believe and you believe it to the letter of the law. Um, And if you don't, well then you're just out. Like you're not really a part of this. And I, and I'll, and I'll say like, for me, there's a big, I know this is a big thing right now, like deconstruction. There's a lot of talk of that. Um, but uh, for me, yeah, I feel like it feels like it feels like I have like 10 different friends that mention the word deconstruction. I don't know where this is coming from. I know it's such a buzzword. It's the worst. And I freaking hate saying the word. I feel like we need to rebrand. We need to rebrand uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the word. But uh, we're going to be po- we're going to be post deconstruction. That's right. <laughs> post 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 Malone. Yeah. Construction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it's interesting, man. I, I feel like as people of faith, I mean, for me, the reason I even started this podcast was because um, I noticed, particularly in a lot of friends who are in ministry, um, like you have these conversations on the side with them where they're like, you know, there's, there's the thing they say on Sunday, but then the thing that they say in, say, like a, in, a, in a speaking team meeting there, there, you see yeah. the conflict, you see the tension, yeah. you see, you see the doubt, you see the questioning. 
And I feel like that's the thing that most people don't see in a lot of people of faith. Like, and that's the, even that word people, that phrase people of faith, it's like, um, you know, like you can't really talk about, uh, the, the stuff that you're, that you flat out either don't buy, um, or the stuff that you're just unsure about and you're kind of figuring out. Um, I don't know, man, it's interesting. I was just, one of the reasons why I even wanted to have you on was just to kind of get your insight or take on, um, again, partly just out of curiosity, like, cause I feel like so much of us frame it in a debate and I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm just saying, but that's so much of what we see. It's like, who's right, who's wrong. Right. Like, uh, but like, that's what I love so much about like, uh, discussions like this to your point, even with Joe Rogan, like, yeah, these are just my friends. They believe differently than I do. And that's okay. Nobody's trying to convert anybody. We're just having a discussion, right? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, another good example is when Ben Shapiro came on and they disagreed pretty passionately about things and not even like they set it up to disagree. It was just, they, I like to think of it as like, um, you know, you find common agreements and then you find the point where suddenly it starts diverging and then you kind of you clarify, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about, you know, and like, help me clarify, clarify what you mean. And it, yeah. and it helps me, it helps the other person. And, and it's, and, and also like, I don't, you know, and I, I, I get the feeling that you don't believe this either, that like what we, what we want to avoid is a type of relativism, like, oh, well, nothing matters. Like just believe whatever you want. And like, we're all, you know, and I, and I think that's something that, um, that's the opposite extreme. Yeah. And then the, the, on the other end is the like constantly battling and, and like who's right. And it just makes everyone defensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it, to, like what the thing I love so much, what you said, like when you, I think it was when you were in college, maybe you said like, but I never knew how to become somebody's friend. Like, yeah, like I could, I could form a really well, you know, well articulated argument. Right. Like, um, but, at the yeah. end of the day, was I good, like Jesus, at befriending uh, sinners or, you know, like. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. Like, I realized that my definition of evangelization or my definition of, like, of just being like Jesus for me, and this doesn't mean that these people um, are intentionally doing this, but for me, I realized that my definition of being a good Christian was being able to was being able to rebuke a a Baptist on sanctification. Yeah. And, and it's like, when, when does that ever like that? That's not how it, that's not how it works in real life. Like it doesn't like even, and if you, yeah, I mean, it's good to know like why you believe certain things. Like, and, and as a kid, I was just doing that to my parents all the time. Well, why this, why that? Like explain it, you know, what they say this, they say, um, so yeah, like I think there's, yeah, I just, I just, I didn't know. So when I called the university thinking about transferring, uh, I looked in the back of a book of this pastor that I really, well, an ex-pastor who became Catholic in the back of one of his books, I was buying all of his books on like all of scripture and all this stuff. And, um, he was your teacher. I looked in the back of one of his books. He was, yeah. he was your teacher. And he was a teacher. Yeah. At Francis University. Yeah. See, you know the story. This makes it difficult. You know me like so well. So, uh, yeah. So I, I called the university and said, like, make me, I want to be him. Like, and they were like, that's not a career path. And I realized that there was a difference at this university between theology and catechetics. Mm. 
and you maybe you've heard me talk about this, but like theology is the study of God. Catechetics comes from this word catechine, which is to pass on, to echo divine revelation. Mm. And so theology is the science of unlocking what God has revealed and like trying to understand it better. Mm -hmm. Catechesis is passing it on to someone else. And I was like that, I want that. Mm. I like, and, and um, I really want to learn how to do that. I really want to help people not just intellectually understand God, but I want to help people, you know, become transformed in Christ. Like I want to, and that's when I started going down this route of like youth ministry and understanding the difference between evangelization, catechesis, theology, and apologetics. And like, and really, if you, if you study Jesus, like he lived with people, he was open to sinners. He like, it's something very different than, than just uh, meeting someone in a grocery store, meeting a hypothetical Protestant in a grocery store who challenges you in your faith. Because like, I hardly ever meet like some of the, some people that are older Catholics, like they have these experiences of really combative Protestants, but I can't tell you the last, I couldn't tell you what year was the last year that some Protestant like accosted or an atheist, honestly, like you meet most atheists. You're like, where are these mean atheists? Other than Richard Dawkins, (laughs) Where's like the mean atheist, <laughs> right? Like right. I, I'm not seeing them, you know? Yeah. That's interesting, man. I, gosh. Yeah. It's funny that the, I believe you, you're selling those books on your online store too, right? Which books? Uh, oh yeah. The catechism. Yeah. The catechism yeah. is, um, so the word catechine is this Greek word for ec- to like to echo down. It comes from, um, in the Greek theaters, there would be this outdoor, um, auditorium type thing. And as an actor or you're, when you're presenting, there's no microphones or anything. So your voice had to project down through the rows. And so that word, the church adopted in the new Testament to mean like the passing down of what we've been given, right? Like, um, like in the first John one, one, like we pass on to you what we've seen, what we've heard. And it's not, it's not Edmund's smart teaching. It's like, this is what was revealed and I want to pass it on to you. Yeah. Um, so, and then a catechist is one who does that. Uh, a catechism is uh, a written summary of divine revelation. Um, the catechumenate was a process in the early church of like, how do you, how do you like initiate someone into like the faith, like in Acts chapter two, like how do you, bring them into um, union with the church and with God. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah, we tell the, the, it's a particular edition of the catechism that I like because it has a vinyl cover and it's pocket bound, but they only sell it in Australia. It's not really available everywhere. Okay. So I just order them and sell them on my site. Like yeah. I call some old, I call an old nun and she like takes my <laughs> cell phone, my credit card information over the phone. And then That's like awesome. she ships me a package and, uh, so it's just been a weird thing I've done uh, for a few years now. Um, it's yeah. so funny, man. Well, first of all, I've the reason I bring it up is number one, first of all, for you to expand on it. But number two, I've, I've again, just I've thought, I've, okay, I've already told you this, but I'm like, okay, I think I should support this guy on Patreon. And number two, I think I'm going to pick up one of these copies. Because here's the thing. Like, I think what's so interesting about uh, these labels that we assign one another um uh, Okay, you're a, okay. You're a Catholic. I'm whatever the hell I am. Um, I, you know, that person's an atheist or whatever. Um, it's just interesting as you're even talking about like 
I don't know. I feel like this is the posture I, I see in a lot of evangelicals, a lot of Christians, and it just, it, it irks me to the point where I just want to freaking pull out my hairs, each one individually. Yeah. Um, where, or sometimes it makes you want to just not be Christian anymore. Like, totally. honestly, I've, I, I like, that's been hard too. Like where you, f- you see these things going on and you're like, man, I, I don't want to be that. Like, yeah. I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing is like, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's, it's, it's kind of coming up, but I feel like every side is trying to like recruit you to their side. Like, no, you should no. Like, what are you talking about? There's no God that you should, you're an idiot for even thinking that or whatever argument yeah. it is. Um, I just, it's just interesting. Like, I think for, for people of faith, it's like, um, I, I, I've gotten pretty like bold and clear, like, Hey, like when you listen to this podcast, I'm not trying to convert you. I don't even, I don't, frankly, I do not care if you believe what I believe, but there's this interesting, I've been yeah. listening to Jordan Peterson a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure you've, you've heard, you've listened to him quite a bit. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh yeah. Um, I went through, I, I went through a phase when he was really popping off. Like I went through a phase where I binged a ton of his stuff. Dude. He, yeah. It's, I just downloaded, uh, the audio book of maps of meaning. And that's like a 20 hour freaking, I'm like, are you kidding? It's crazy. But yeah, 12 rules. It's of ridiculous. Life, I, uh, I had a, I had a philosophy professor or no, a, a professor of education, uh, come on my podcast because he hated Jordan Peterson. And so like in the spirit of like, I want to explore this. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm not, I, I don't know as much philosophy as you know, like help me understand why you hate Jordan Peterson. Cause I'm really digging him. Yeah. You come on and like, let's talk about it. Uh, and so, yeah, no, he's a very controversial yes. figure, but I think like what's, what was captivating and interesting about him. And I'm sure this is why you like him is that he was kind of marrying all of these different in a way that for some reason it caught the the zeitgeist of um, trying to look through the Old Testament from a psychological perspective and marry the two. And he, for some reason, he did it in a way where Catholics, Protestants, atheists, Jews were all getting something out of it. And yep. that's that's difficult to do. No, it's it's interesting. I've I've actually thought that a lot. I'm like, what? And I know he's a polarizing figure. I know even some people who listen to this show the people that I can think of and I'm like, Oh, as soon as I mentioned Jordan Peterson, peace done. Uh, I'm good. But yeah. one of the things that he talks about a lot that I love is like how people basically, uh, create their own hell. Like, um, and I think mm. of any time that I'm like trying to quote, like help somebody or, um, or I, anytime I think of like, Oh, I want, I want this person to know God or whatever. Um, it always helps me. It, it helps me to reframe it in a way where I'm like, no, like I'm not doing this to try to win Jesus points or to try to get more jewels on my crown. Cause you, you have less than I do. Um, yeah. but, but simply for the fact that, um, I think you mentioned, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you mentioned transformation at one point. Like I want to see people cause people are living in their own hell, uh, to on here on earth. Um, and I feel yeah. like so, so much of us, uh, at least in, Christianity are so concerned with afterlife insurance that we don't, we don't really care about the person who's here with a beating heart. Um, and a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, I don't know what made me think of that, but I, it's just, I, I just love talking to, to somebody like you who, um, who's just, um, on paper, just so different. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
I don't, I don't really. Yeah, see man, it. I think it's, I think it's really good, and I think, I think we're kind of part of this new. I, I think it is definitely a, a movement, you know, overused word, but I, I think there is a current of this, people wanting that, people wanting dialogue over, over, um, debate, you know, and, and people really want understanding. I think people more and more are understanding that their thought processes and preconceived biases and all the, all the baggage around how we come to belief in certain things. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about how, you know, it seems like all of our friends are going through deconstruction, but <laughs> it, it like, I really think it is part of this. Yeah. Like a deconstruction of, okay. The answer is not just like to put up two pastors in a debate form and like have them just duke, duke it, out. it out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it is helpful if two people can get into, there is a debate format that would be helpful, but I think, man, so there's been times where mass media just makes it more of, um, a glad, a, like a, like a Coliseum in Roman times. Right. Yeah. And less of like an, like the true form of debate, which is like, let's intellectually and systematically talk about it. Uh, but man, I really think, I mean, I don't know if you're a, f- a fan or familiar with like the liturgist podcast, not, and well, then, it's so funny. It's very, it's very close. It, it's like in a similar vein of like what we're doing, but I, and I, there's nothing against the liturgist, but I just like, I like science, Mike, uh, Michael Gunger. I've listened to his book. He seems cool. But for the most part, I'm like, eh, it's not my brand. If you will. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I went, I went through a phase. I go through <laughs> phases. Like I obsessed about them for a while. Cause I was getting something really different and unique from them. And then, and then like never listen again, but yeah, but like appreciate from afar, but it's kind of along the similar thing. Like, uh, they were really trying to call out to spiritually disenfranchised people that wanted to be a little more nuanced in how they related to other religions. And, and, um, yeah, there was another, um, man, there was another point that I had that something that you said that really, really resonated with me, but I think I, I definitely think that this is a, oh yeah. Like long form podcasting. Again, I think partially why we like this is to hear two people have a long nuanced conversation is something that, I mean, man, I remember as a kid listening to adults talk like that in a nuanced way was, was just so captivating. And I, I feel that today as well, listening to two people from different backgrounds, listening to Bernie Sanders and Joe Rogan. It's like the two, <laughs> like you couldn't find two more different people. Right. And to listen to a long form nuanced conversation is just so enriching to me. It's very yeah. like Bruce Lee. It's like uh Jeet Kune Do, right? It's like very mixed martial arts. Like, um, you know, reject what is useless, uh, retain what is useful kind of thing. Right. And moving through the world that way is just so much more fun. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Dude, it's so interesting. I, I look at you and I see somebody, I see like a unicorn who I'm just like captivated by. And I want to like, I want to, I want to understand more. Cause I'm like, you just live in a different Dude, world, open book. That, at least on paper it perceived, but, but I also see yeah. a lot of unique parallels. Like, um, I know that, um, you have, you also have a podcast, uh, for Catholic youth ministers. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that the, yeah. Dude, it's interesting. Like I just, um, more and more I'm like, I'm like trying, I want to like connect with people who are so outside of what I'm quote used to, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I don't know. For sure. I, I just think of, dude, I'm the, I'm the same. I'm the same way. I, I tried having a Jedi Knight on my podcast. I don't know if you know that from the past episodes, but when I first started the podcast, I was the same way. I was like, 
I was trying to get in touch with, I was trying to find someone who was um, like a high rise uh, skyscraper, like window washer. Uh, I got a, I got a guy like an actual Jedi Knight to come on. I got, um, is this like, like a, all sorts of people? I got, th- is this real? What? Is this like a real thing or am I like totally? Oh not yeah. No. Well, it was interesting. I was expecting cause on the forums and it's like a whole website on people that adopt the way of the Jedi. And there's even just like in the church, <laughs> there's disagreements about some of the Jedi theology of and course. like nuances. And do we have to wear lightsabers all the time? Can we take them off at night? You know, that kind of, and, um, but it's interesting when I was interviewing him, I was a little let down because it, it didn't seem at, he, he didn't seem, it seemed much more like it just kind of influences my life, but it's not, it's not as all encompassing as I thought it was. Right. Uh, yeah. so, but, but yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they try. And then there are some people that they cosplay 24 seven as a Jedi Knight. Yeah. And like, that's their whole thing. So yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, no, I relate to that. Like it's, it's cool to, I think it's very useful. Um, yeah. To expose yourself to various viewpoints and opinions. And yeah, I mean, that is what college should be like college. Like the real idea of college should be that it should be like exploring uh, different perspectives and, and intellectual traditions and, and exposing yourself to like this rigorous pursuit of understanding like this human conversation that's been going on for, for thousands of years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's this, there's this quote that comes to mind. Um, well, and I already told you about Richard Rohr and how much of a fan I am of him. Um, but yeah, honestly, he's the first person who kind of like opened my eyes to like, Oh yeah. Like, and I knew this going through Bible college, but like, like, this whole uh, tradition that I'm a part of stands on the shoulders of a much, uh, <laughs> of a much uh, longer and deeper tradition. And then even before that, like the Catholic tradition stands yeah. on the shoulders of an even bigger tradition, like, which is crazy. But all that to say, yeah. um, he, there's this quote, he, he talks about, um, I'm, I'm listening to the naked now and it's all about contemplative seeing or a third eye seeing it's kind it's kind of a woo woo spiritual sounding thing, but he talks about, um, Mm -hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas apparently said, uh, for me, truth is truth is truth. It's not who said it. Um, it's, is it true or not? Right. And so much, so many of us, it's all about, well, um, did Gandhi say that or, you know what I mean? And he talks about how the saint, um, pray, the saint basically, um, is happy for even, uh, 10% truth. He, he doesn't, you know what I mean? He, he's lucky if he even gets that. Yeah. Um, I just, man, I just feel like when we, when I think about the the culture that we're in today, um, and I don't know, honestly, I, I don't know much about your tradition, but like when I look at Christians in my circles, like I, it's just, it makes so much sense to me why we're so, um, polarized, you know, and why we're so yeah. like, uh, okay, you stay over there. We're going to be in our club over here and we're not going to meet and we're not going to talk and we're not going to discuss things just because it's interesting and we're not, you know, we're not trying yeah. to win a war or something. It's just ridiculous, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, R- Richard Rohr. I'm this also is so great. This Go is- ahead. This is so great being the guest and not the host. Like I, it's such a relief. Like, thank you for inviting me on. Cause 
like I I'm watching as a, as someone who does this a lot, it's like watching you have, like have to carry the burden of this episode. That's right. It's, it's such, it's a nice little relief. It's like, Oh, okay. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. You could just sit there and just be like, all right, so what's next? Guide <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> what I was, else you want? Yeah. I, I was recently on a podcast and I was like, I, I felt that same way. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is, I'm just going to sit yeah. here and wait for you. It's funny. I, I actually have a if hard I can time. Make a career, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if I could make a career out of just being a guest on podcasts, I would love that. So fun. Yeah. I would, I would, lo- I would be the best podcast guest. I have a hard time not be being the, the, the host when I'm a guest on their show. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've run, yeah, in, that's true. run into that. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Oh man. That's true. Well, this is also a different, uh, a little bit of a different, uh, conversation that I'm used to. Mostly we, we kick things off. We talk about upbringing childhood. We kind of did that already, but yeah, man, it's interesting. And I mean, mostly I'm just trying not to get the language wrong or say the wrong thing. Um, about, oh, it's, I don't know. Dude, I'll, I don't Yeah, no, you're fine. It's no, and I'm an open book. Like you can ask me anything and uh, yeah, man, who, I mean, in the spirit of authenticity, right? Like it's good to get a, a few things wrong. Yeah, here and there. totally. We're going to, it's going to happen. Well, if you're still good on time, uh, I don't know what time you, and, and that's the other yeah. thing you got, you're a dad, you're a husband. How many, let, yeah, yeah, yeah. bring the listeners up to speed. What's life like for you? I know. I mean, you got this amazing studio. Okay. It's crazy. Um, I have, so I have five kids. Uh, my wife and I got married a week after we graduated college. And then we had a kid almost every year we were married. Wow. So we're up to, and, and then there was a little break here and there, but, um, so we have, four boys and a girl. The The oldest is almost eight and the youngest is almost two. And so, yeah, so, uh, you seem like see. a great so dad. I was a youth minister. What? I, I, from afar, What's you that? just seem like a good dad. I gotta say. Oh, dude. Do, do you have kids? I do not have kids. I'm just a married man. But you're married, right? And we got, yeah. we got a dog, but that's not the same thing. Dude, the, <laughs> like, thank, thank you for saying I'm a good dad, but I, I tell you what, man, like, and I was just, I was just listening. I mean, random fact, I was listening to, um, some, uh, like commentary on the movie, the shining. Nice. And I heard someone say that Stephen King was influenced by the deep level of like dark thoughts and emotions that come up as you're like a new parent and just not realizing <laughs> like the capacity you have to harm a child. <laughs> And I, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Like I have never ever in my life been tempted to hate someone as deeply as my own, like three-year-old son. I don't know what it is. I love it. It's so like, like most of parenthood is you feeling guilt about all the emotions you're having about this child where you're like, if this was anyone else's kid, I would not feel this way. Why do I feel this way? Yeah. totally. Um, So yeah, it's, it's in, it's insane. Um, so thank you for saying I'm a good father. I don't feel like a good father, but, uh, yeah. And so we have a weird life. Like, uh, I was a youth minister for three years at a parish in, uh, Toledo, Ohio. And then, uh, then when we found out we were pregnant with like our third or fourth, my wife is from around here in DFW, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area. So we moved here. I got a, I had an opportunity to move to a parish here. I was a youth minister for, I think like three more years here and then kind of transitioned to adult ministry 
and then like over the department. And then, so now like our ministry is like a department. So it's me, high school youth minister, middle school youth minister, coordinator of children's catechesis, and then myself with adult. So it's kind of the whole demographic ministry like lineup. And then we have our pastor. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what I do. So I, I do that. Oh, and also in our department, we have a coordinator of uh, RCIA, which is like the initiation process for people that want to become either Christian or Catholic. I mean, for, for us, it's the same thing, kind of like Catholics or Christians, um, uh, like the words are used interchangeably. Yeah. Um, I've, or I, I also which, hear like Catholic Christian, like as a modifier, I've heard that yeah. too. Like, well, Do hold most, on, I'm not uh, that watered down bull crap, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for instance, like, like yeah, for sure, like uh, in high school, like the girl I dated, she had no idea that Catholics were Christians. There's a lot of people I come across that didn't had no clue Catholics were Christians. See, that's and honestly, like that is just, it's it's regrettable. I don't understand like how yeah, that crazy. can be. It's it's widely I think taught or maybe not even taught, but just like oh yeah, those kooky Catholics over there, like we're it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know how you can think that, but. Um, anyway, you were yeah, saying, I mean, I, I get, I get it though. I get it though. Like, I mean, I, I, there was a lot of just weird, ignorant stuff that I thought in high school about Protestants just cause I didn't know. I just didn't, I'd never met, you know, I'd never met a universalist or I'd never met like all sorts of weird or the same thing with atheists. Like, yeah. you know, I thought atheists eat their babies. They're what? They're babies. I'm just kidding that they eat their babies. Oh, right. Of course That's they do. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Uh, so yeah, like, so I've always dabbled with creative stuff and then podcasting and all sorts of, you know, failed business attempts and stuff. And slowly just, I don't know. It's always like, what's the adjacent possible and to like steal a phrase from someone, but you know, and so slowly there was this opportunity to have, you know, to possibly get into this small little studio space. And I, I had been doing some client work and I was like, man, you know, I'm doing most of my stuff in what was the dining room of our house. If I had a space for all this gear, then some of my friends who I'm hiring to help with stuff, like they could help other clients like work, like this could grow. Uh, so I, you know, just on a whim was like, all right, God, like, let's see if we can do this. And I took one step of, okay, like telling everyone about it, asking for Patreon support. Um, and that really quickly got up to being able to cover the, the lease at least. And so then I thought, all right, well, let's see if we can do this. And, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of been, that's kind of now, now I'm in this like little tiny studio. It's almost like a really small four bedroom, like literally like one or not four, four room, like building, like there's a front living room, another, like just four rooms. One of them is a kitchen and then a bathroom, a very small bathroom. So it's just a little space to just do creative, do more creative work. And, and, um, get some of the gear out of my wife's hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you got, you got a, a bunch of kiddos and, um, yeah. And one, and, and another thing, like you, you host a lot of like live, um, like, I don't know, live, I, I want to say events, but like, that doesn't seem like the correct yeah. word, but yeah, I guess, um, yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was really, I'm really influenced by the like NPR tiny desk concerts. Yeah. And so when I first started podcasting, I was like, no one knows about my podcast. How am I going to get people to come on as a guest? Uh, everyone is starting to have a podcast. So I was like, man, how can I? So I just thought, well, I know how to do some of this Gary V style micro content and some, and I thought, well, if I could offer, 
you know, a bunch of headshots, a bunch of micro content and video in addition to the audio, maybe some people would come out like in person to do the podcast. And we're in DFW and a lot of times like, you know, there are events and stuff around here or conferences and things that I'd kind of built up a group of friends that were in some of that stuff. So, so, uh, or just like connections in a network of, of people, uh, that I would want to have my, on my podcast. So I just started doing that after running the podcast for maybe six months, I switched to video and in person, uh, and then started getting people to come out. And then I started doing it with, um, like I got Dr. Matthew Rossano, who's a evolutionary psychologist on the podcast. And it was just kind of partially talking about all that. Like we'll have video, we'll have photos, you know, you'll have micro content, you'll have, you know, all this. And, and so some people really started finding that valuable to come out. So, and I also like the NPR tiny desk, like, you know, just doing a little concert. So I started offering that to musicians, you know, Hey, we'll record you doing stuff. There was a spoken word poet, Claire McCallan, who she paid for her own flight out to my house because I was going to offer to record a bunch of her spoken word poetry put together. And she was like, yeah, it's valuable to me. And that, that blew my mind. I was like, I was like, the only way I could ever get someone to do that is if I was Joe Rogan. And uh, you know, it's just, again, like the adjacent possible, like yeah. just starting to see how it would work. Yeah. Dude, it's so interesting. I feel like, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. So if, if I could like summarize your life really quickly, just as I understand it. So, uh, you're, you're yeah. living that dad life. You're, you're a husband, um, you're doing ministry. You're, you still work at the church or the parish as, as it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Catholic word. Is that what, the, is that what, is that, is that, is that the correct, uh, so for some reason, Catholics say parish, I don't know where that came from, but, um, in, you don't have to, so by the way, the, if you the, don't have to give me like a full, like you can educate me, but I don't, you don't, I don't need to be your, your, uh, your Christian, uh, ter- like I'm going to, I'm going to teach this guy all everything he needs to know. You can, oh, no, I'm just no, saying, no. I don't no, want no, you to feel like you have to. I don't want you to feel like you have. Oh, to. no, no, no. It's, it's just interesting. For some reason, uh, Catholics use it. And it just means like the world is separated and is divided geographically into small dioceses. It's, it's like divided up. And then every diocese is headed by a bishop. And the diocese is divided up into geographic areas called parishes. But for some reason, most Catholics call like the actual building the parish, even though it also means like the geographic location. Gotcha. You know? I, it's, yeah. So okay. I don't know why we use that word. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm like, I'm like so ignorant. I'm like, Oh, but what does that mean? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and then you're, you're doing all this creative work. Um, you got your podcast, you got your YouTube channel, uh, but you're doing client work as well, which, um, yeah. What's that looking like? And I, just to give you a quick background on me. Yeah. So, um, my full-time job is I'm a, it's just so funny. Like literally like a lot of these skills that you and I both learned through kind of doing the stuff that we're doing. It just so lends itself well to, especially when you think like entrepreneurial stuff, uh, which is so weird. Yeah. Like, um, I, I find that a lot of my ministry friends are actually like really good marketers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is kind yeah. of funny. Like, um, but all that to say, yeah. um, I, I'm, what does that client work work look like for you? Cause I like, I work with businesses. I, I manage social, I create like photo and video content. Like, are you working with, like just about anybody or like uh, certain people in your network? I don't know. What's that look like? Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, that, that, 
that whole question is such a fascinating conversation. I mean, you could do a whole podcast just on that about like <laughs> the relationship between ministry and client work. And then also like, you know, at what point is practically trying to make money going too far into just being about money? And then right. at what point is it just like a healthy balance and the inner, the connection between like, you know, speaking and making a career quote unquote in the church world, it's just like a fine line. And, you know, I think we've seen, we've seen Christian musicians kind of go through that whole transition. Like, are they selling out? Are they authentic? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's always just been, uh, when I was in college, I started getting into like Tim Ferriss and Ramit Sethi because I just was like, I'm going to be a poor youth minister. I need to figure out money. Right. Uh, got to work on that. And side so hustle. like I was, <laughs> I know I got to find my, I got to find my passive income, yeah. you know, th thing to sell or whatever. So from a, from like a practical standpoint, it was always, I mean, I was, I, I mean, my wife and I, when we first got married, we were poor youth minister, like family. And so there's that practical side and then started getting into like speaking and blogging, you know, that was like kind of the first foray into it. And then slowly over time, it's like, oh, wow, like people will pay you to go speak. That's a whole world in itself. Yep. And I kind of saw where that direction that went, if I went full in on that. And then there was a point where I kind of didn't pursue it as much. And, you know, I want to write a book one day. Like I want to, you know, cre I created like different types of online courses and stuff like that. And then I think whenever you're doing stuff like that, you know, people take notice and then they ask you to help them. And then you kind of, you kind of turn this corner where people are now asking you to help them and they want to pay you to help them. Right. So then you turn that corner where it's like, Hey, could I pay you to do this video? Or, Hey, could I pay you to help me with this thing? Uh, and then your brain starts going with like, okay, well that now this is a whole different world. How could I, you know, structure a business model? So, and then you know, it's like, I think a lot of us, we're going to be this way. Our retirement home, when we finally enter the retirement home, it's going to be a bunch of people that had YouTube channels, had podcasts, <laughs> you know, they had yeah. passive income. They were selling books. They spoke, you know, it's just, you know, diversifying your revenue streams, I guess. It's interesting. I think it's definitely a generational thing, um, but it's so funny, man. I, and, and you're also in, as I understand it, like involving other people. So like you said, like how do, yeah. how do I, I don't know, man. It's if, if I were to, assess kind of what you're doing. It's like, you're doing the stuff that you love to do. You're creating really interesting work, really like entertaining or engaging or whatever you, word you want to use. Um, but then on top of that, you're like, okay, like what's a way that we can fund all this and have a space. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. That's yeah. what it seems like to me. Yeah. It seems like your heart is in it for that purpose. And you're trying not to let it become like, okay, now I'm, now I'm, suddenly trying to have a agency and I'm going to take over the world with yeah. this. You know what I mean? Like it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, uh, it's literally just, it's literally just looking for how can, yeah. How can I fund the thing that I love doing and how could I make this all like profitable in such, just in such a way that my wife doesn't say this is a complete waste of time. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, like, I mean, it's a, it's a tough balance, but then it, it, it's also, I just love, it's fun. It's fun to go, well, shoot, if we do, I mean, it's literally, it's, it's business, right? Like it's yeah. the, 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 the business spirit of if I buy this thing at this price, I could sell it for this. 
and, and, um, or here are these opportunities. And I don't know, I've, I've fallen in love with that over the years. Yeah. Well, and the other, the other thing is like the, the secret is this stuff isn't cheap. Like you got a, a sure SM7, yeah. uh, B microphone oh, like I do and here you do too. and, uh, all yeah. this crap costs money. So there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I think as soon as you go all in for something like you mentioned speaking, uh, which is something that I do. Um, like, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, I feel like it can become, you mentioned like, um, Christian musicians, like, and how it becomes, it almost, be, they, they're almost like, uh, turning it in. It, it can very quickly lose the heart behind it. Um, or yeah. it becomes about something that it originally wasn't. And now suddenly you're in it for the wrong thing or it's, it's just weird, man. I, I, I just, it's just funny. Like I don't, I don't see a lot of people doing stuff like you're doing. Um, and honestly, like a lot of it was a big inspiration for what I'm doing with this podcast. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Man. I tip my that's hat a to huge you. Con- like I'm honored that, that, that that's true. I mean, that's crazy to think about. That's super humbling. Well, it's just, it, it's helpful to have a, a template. Um, and I don't know how old, how old you are, but I feel like you're like a big brother to me. It's kind of weird from oh, afar. How old are you? You're like a virtual how internet brother. Dude, I'm honored. I don't have a brother. How how old are you? I am 28. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm. Th- I don't know. Uh, I think I'm 32. You think? No, I think I always forget my age. I think I'm 32. Yeah. You're. But I still feel 28. 28 to me is my Jesus year. Okay. Like 28 felt like, like when, like I was listening to someone where they said when you look in the mirror, like how do you feel? What age do you feel? Mm. I think for the rest of my life I'm gonna feel 28. For some reason 28 just felt. 28 was good. Was, that was my best year. When you say 28 was your Jesus year, was that like where you felt like you were coming into your own? You were like becoming the man, Edmund Mitchell, that I see well, today or what? Like, <laughs> No, I just feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. I heard somewhere that the reason Jesus died when he was 32, this might not even be true. This might just be something I picked up in vacation Bible school or something. <laughs> But I thought that like the reason he might have died when he was 32, because that represented like peak maximal, like human potential, like phys- like physically or something. Oh. And that after 32, you're just getting you older. To, <laughs> like you're yeah, just downhill. Yeah. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. yeah. That's funny, yeah. man. I don't know if that's true. Gosh. But yeah, 28 is definitely how I feel. Uh, what were we talking about? Um, we're talking about creativity and becoming, um, Oh, what do you, so what do you like? So what was your career path? Oh, you want to get into that? Are you sure? Do you have, do you have time? I look at a watch. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally good on time. I just don't know. I don't want to bore your listeners. If you've explained this multiple times. No, no. Yeah. I'm well, I I'm cool with it. Um, as long, I'm sure they're fine. Hey listener, are you good? You cool with this? All right, let's keep going. You still here? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just a little check-in. That's my Chase Reeves moment right there. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's funny, man. Um, I do talk about it a little bit on the podcast, um, but I haven't gone at it at great length. So it's kind of crazy, man. So, like, my whole, like, upbringing, if you will, like, was very – non-religious. That's the only way I could describe it. Like my grandparents raised me. Uh, my mom and dad had me when they were both like 17 and 18. Uh, I had, mm-hmm. I had an identical twin brother who died like three months later, like as soon as they like, mm. and that split them apart. So my grandparents raised me and we never went to church or anything like that. Like I always kind of only child. What's that? Are you the only child? 
Only child, kind of. Yeah, it's complicated. Okay. My, I have a, okay. a, a half sister. Um, but yeah, uh, all that to say, we were like never really like uh, living together, growing up very much. Um, but it's funny, man. I growing up like it, it, it's it's kind of I almost envy like my wife. She grew up in the church, and her her family was like a very like ministry family. Like it was like the family business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, like, I, I kind of always strangely envied because I'm like, oh, well, at least you kind of had, like, a worldview that you kind of, you know, you had coming, like, into this. Like, you had a person you could talk to and be like, what's going on here? Uh, for me, yeah. I just never really, like, I had those questions, obviously, but I always just kind of, like, I guess figured it out for myself. But all that to say, um, I got saved in the language of the church uh my freshman year and started going to this uh youth group and uh the friends that i was um, wait what was what was like what yeah you can't just gloss over that what was like what brought you from not being in that religious context to now all of a sudden you're saved like was this did you go on like a retreat or something or like a revival or it was so yeah it was a classic winter camp uh situation but i think even co- going was it a girl was there a cute girl uh there was, was there a cute girl and that's why you went <laughs> there was not actually um there was not a cute oh. girl i it was just a bunch of friends who i was friends with that also played uh similar music at the time we i don't know if you ever went through this scene i'm sure you know somebody uh in your in your friend group who was like a hardcore, uh, in a hardcore screamo band at one point or another. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of my best friends, Nick. Yeah. He was a drummer in a hard, yeah. In, in, uh, in high school, but he was a drummer in it. Cause like th- that music was like the most fun drum wise to play. Totally. Yep. So classic they, these friends were, uh, really into, uh, hardcore music, which I, which, which was, I was all about. Uh, but these guys also happen to be Christian. And so, um, these guys were a couple years do you play, older than me. Do you me. play instruments? Do I what? What do you play? Guitar. Nice. Do you wanna, okay. Here I, here I. Electric? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's nice. It's almost that's nice. I also play guitar, but I haven't played in years. Yeah, I, it's funny, man. The, the, this guitar class that I was a part of was really what I think uh, spawned it. We had this friendship and they were like, hey, you should come to church with us. So I started going to this youth group. Um, it's kind of funny, man. I've actually been writing about this. You mentioned you want to write a book. I'm actually working on a book, literally blog. Oh, that's great. Blog. Um, so I actually, Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I actually wrote about that. This is this funny experience. Like they actually had confessed to me, uh, that they were Christians. They were almost like, uh, embarrassed to admit it. Like, Hey, we yeah. hope you don't hate us. And like, I get it now. Cause there's definitely like a cultural stigma. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But all that to say, um, yeah, man, I, I, I went to this group, youth group and then eventually that coalesced into me getting saved at this winter camp. But even that, um, it's kind of funny. I always like joked like Jesus, uh, was, uh, the savior of my life, but not the Lord of my life. If you know what I mean, <laughs> which is just yeah, for classic sure. Christian, uh, bull crap. Um, but all yeah. that to say, yeah, man, I mean, that was kind of the background, but then all throughout high school, I kind of had 
really like struggled with my faith. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I really believe, like, I don't know. Like I really struggled. Like, it's kind of funny. I actually really struggled with Jesus in particular. I'm like, I don't know. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like, honestly, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I buy into this whole thing. Um, but eventually, yeah. uh, I had met this other friend and dude, this guy was just a charismatic ham. Like, uh, just, mm. um, uh, just one of those people who walks into a room and then is suddenly the center of attention. Um, and, uh, (laughs) in that, in that, his, that personality was very infectious. And so I'm like, Oh, I want to be really close with this guy. And so anyway, um, it's so funny how this kind of came about, but eventually we started going to church together and I started going to this church and, um, around senior year, this is when you start thinking about like, what am I going to freaking do with my life? Yeah, a hundred. Yeah. And so, uh, long story long, that was when I'm like, I'm looking at this pastor talk every Sunday, basically giving an inspiring Ted talk. And I'm like, (laughs) that's what I want to do. I want to be a Ted talk life coach guy. Right. Uh, (laughs) uh, and so I'm like, okay, like I'm starting to take my faith a little bit more seriously. Um, I think I'm going to, I think I want to be a pastor. And so I, uh, I did, I do, I did not one, not two, but three years of an internship, um, two years in youth ministry, um, one year in basically like the communication head department. Um, I went to Bible college, as I'd mentioned before. Um, I worked on staff at a church here where we live and, um, yeah, essentially, that kind of brings us up to where we are now, but I'm just like, at this point, I'm just like living life, uh, being a married guy. And, um, eventually, I don't know, man, I kind of hit a wall in my faith, um, as a result of some weird ministry stuff. And so that's actually kind of what led to where we are now. So I'm like, man, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, when you pursue, it's kind of funny how this is kind of coming full circle, at least for me, when you start to pursue something as a, as a career, um, uh, mm. it, it's, it's weird how the, your faith, when it's, when it becomes your job all of a sudden, like, I don't know. Yes. It's, uh, yes. I don't know how some people do it. I it think I, what I've things. seen a lot of people do is they, they tend to phone it in after a while. They're like, yeah, I don't really know if I, if the res- resurrection's real today, but I'm just going to keep that bottled up to myself. And, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, so that, that kind of honesty yeah. was kind of what. I, I kind of reached a point where I'm like, no, I'm still all about God and Jesus. And it's the only, it helps me make sense of the world. And, but I started to get to a point where I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can have integrity and be a pastor at the same time. Um, like I just, yeah. in order to be that, that, that charismatic ham that I was talking about, like, I just don't know that it, um, it, it it's, it's asking too much of me. Um, and, and Enneagram stuff, I'd love to know what you are, by the way. Um, I don't, I, so I know I've heard a lot about it, but I don't know what I am. I, I should, I should take the test, I guess, but I, I haven't yet taken the test. So really quick, I'm, I'm a Enneagram four and okay. I, I don't know how much, I know some people kind of like scoff at the wing type, which is like, you're kind of this one also a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I'm, yeah. a, I'm at Enneagram four wing three. And so 
basically the thing you need to know about Enneagram four is that they have got a lot of feelings and it's just in there. And it's just, you feel a lot of stuff. Honestly, when I think of Chase Reeves, I'm like, that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> but that sounds just like me. But, but the three is like the performer, like, Hey, I want to entertain you. I want to be the center of attention, not necessarily in a bad way, but just like when I walk, when you, when I walk into a room, I'm going to win you over. And so it's interesting, like yeah. what I've learned, just self-discovery stuff or whatever, but um, it's just like, I've leaned into that three part of myself quite a bit. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I've also, I don't know, marriage has done a number on me in that I'm like, it kind of helps you settle into your skin a little bit more. Um, oh yeah. yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, a little over four years. So four years in January. Great. And when, when did, so when did you make the transition out of, um, Bible school or seminary? Yeah. So when oh did man. you, wh- how old were you when that happened? So, okay. So I'm 28 now. It would have been around, I want to say like 2014, 20, 2015, something like that. So were you, were you married at the time? No. Uh, so actually what brought me back was number one, um, I wanted to marry my wife and number two, um, I could not pay enough to get back into school the, the, the remaining like year that I had left. So I didn't actually finish my degree. I like, I did like three years of school, uh, but I was this close. So you were, so you were thinking about, you were thinking about leaving, but then the finances kind of forced you to just not go back. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The more, more romantic version is like, I just wanted to marry my wife and come back. Uh, It was kind of both and wait and come back. Yeah. Oh, and to move back where your wife was living at the time. Yeah. Where we are now, which is in, in Bend, Oregon. So if you ever make your way out gotcha. to the Northwest, you've got a friend to stay in. Okay. Perfect. I don't, I don't know that I've ever been to Oregon, but I do want to go. So, okay. So what do you, how do you support all this Ikea shelves? Like, what do you do? What do you, <laughs> how do you, yeah. how do you pay for all this stuff? Like, what do you, so when you leave and marry your wife, like, what are you and your wife doing? Like, what's totally. your plan? So, okay, dude, this is exactly it. So all the while, when I moved back, that's when I, um, I at, th- at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm going to be a barista. I'm going to start working at a coffee shop. But all the while, I was like trying to get on staff at the church that I had grown up in here. Um, and so mm. eventually, I became on came on staff there. And so that kind of helped um, kind of keep us afloat. And the whole thing was kind of me gunning for a ministry position, uh, which as you know, yeah, like youth po- ministry positions don't op- open up all that often. I think the typical yeah. lifespan of a youth pastor is like two or three years, four years, somewhere in there. But our church yeah. is like a total mega church. Like it's one of those, like, uh, it's not like the righteous gemstone style, but it's like, it's a big church, especially f- where we live. All that to say, so we would... We were, I don't know, just kind of doing life. Um, my my wife was kind of finishing up school. And uh, yeah, so w- that actually kind of, a, eventually when I found myself out of working for the church, um, I started working um, for a video production company in town. Uh, so I oh, sweet. worked with a company here in town where we would... Um, basically do like commercials for people like uh that's awesome at one point we worked we did some work for this is so freaking douchey and braggy but i'm just gonna say it we did some work for do it. microsoft we did some work for anheuser oh Bush. dang so we did some like legit how many work. H- how many employees like how big was the company 
Yeah. So the company was like three, maybe five people like consistently, but basically we would hire out anytime we'd need. Yeah. Um, like, so this was like an agency, right? Like yeah. a video production agency. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And my friend, um, was he, he's like an actual like film director, like went, like worked in, uh, apparently there's like actually a huge, uh, film scene in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wow. Apparently it's like, yeah. Right up there with Hollywood, I guess. Uh, I would not have guessed that. I know. So he, he did a lot of work there on like big movie sets, but I was more like the creative, like marketing idea guy. Um, I don't know why I have to do this with my hands as I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I was in, that's what creatives do. They do the, (laughs) yeah, you have to have the, the magic jazz hands. hands. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, honestly, that's kind of what led to even like, even now, like what I do, um, I have a business called, um, Postworthy. So I actually just do, um, I manage social, like I just do like content creation. I I've since not worked. I've since like phased up my time out with that agency. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just so funny. Like, um, in the back of my heart though, was still like this, like desire to be like, okay, I'm, I can do this like for, for like the income stuff. But like what I really want to be doing is still like the, the, uh, the heartbeat behind all of it is, this God talk, right? Like all this yeah, 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 crap that's going on. What are we here for? What are we doing? What is happening <laughs> in the world? I don't Dude, know. I can relate. Yeah. Dude, so you're full-time like uh, self-employed with the post-worthy? Yep, yep. Dude, that that's awesome, man. And it's so funny, man. Like that, this is, I knew you were a fizzler because I'm like, like you, the, just even creatively, some of the stuff I see that, I don't know, like you're really good at. Um, yeah. And I, is this, is it, is your website, it's postworthy.com? It is uh, postworthy.co or postworthy.social. So oh. feel free to look it up. Postworthy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just dot co? Dot co, yeah. Nice. Okay, I just wanted to look it up while you're talking. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, this is awesome, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, this is totally not making for good podcasting, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to look, I just wanted to see your company. That's awesome, man. Dude, kudos to you. That is hard to do. It's hard to like go full time and support yourself in client work, man. It's, uh, I mean, I, honestly, had I not had some of the experience that I had with this friend, um, who I was basically just like a, a full-time contractor with, um, I don't know that I would have, like, that was real experience that like lended itself toward honestly at the end of the day just confidence and in, in doing what yeah what we're doing yeah for sure um yeah man but it's uh i mean as you know with freaking coronavirus it's uh it's a freaking time <laughs> oh yeah dude yeah yeah everyone yeah everyone's just what is next i mean uh, a lot of church workers you know are getting laid off or furloughed and uh you know we're just not sure to, you know giving's down um you know and and everyone is just not sure like no one knows what's going to happen and it feels scary but um yeah everyone's just kind of making do and then there are some people that are like i mean shoot if you own a toilet paper company you are like <laughs> business is booming right there's right. certain if you, if like sling studio live stream, whatever, like that company that sells live stream equipment is probably doing great, you know? So it's just a wild, weird, it's a weird time. Yeah. It's so funny how, as soon as like, I feel like everything led up to like 
everything that led up to me just mentioning uh, COVID-19, it was like, it almost takes you out of it. Like, oh yeah, we're in this weird reality now where it feels like we're in a parallel universe. And uh, Oh yeah, like it's so strange when you grow up thinking about, you know, world wars or, you know, big, you know, crisis or even, you know, like 9-11 and stuff like that. Like you just don't, I realized a few weeks ago that if it like the end of the world will be vlogged, right? Like, <laughs> like the end of the world will be on social media. It's amazing. Like, like if this is just a six month long, like the end. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I, so I don't think most people this. thought that humanity would be in such a place that, I mean, we could literally all be dying from a contagious disease, like way worse than coronavirus. And literally up until the point that my whole family's dead, I'm still checking social media and we're writing funny jokes about it and we're vlogging about it and we're, we're, you know, crying about it. And, and it's just so weird, bro. Listen, listen to this. So I dated this girl in high school and she was a total Jesus freak, right? Like Bible thumper. Yeah. Um, and like DC talk. (laughs) And I remember her saying something about like, like how scripture mentions like every eye will see every tongue will confess. Right. She's like, David, just think about when that was written. That wasn't possible for every eye in the world to see. Like she was trying to make the parallel between like, if it's going to be the end of the world, it's going to be now. Like because of the crazy. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. Anytime I heard that scripture for some reason. And again, this is just like a kid VBS thing. For some reason, anytime I heard that, I just imagined a very big Jesus in the sky (laughs) and he was just going to like appear and then all of us would be like, oh, okay, it's real, you know? And then, you know, uh, some like Richard Dawkins and those other people were like, oh, frick, that sucks. Uh, It's funny, man. That's really fascinating. But you think of like, okay, like if Jesus returns to, let's say the Holy Land, right? Like that's a physical place. And someone got footage of it. And what? Yeah, and if someone and if someone like took footage of it on their iPhone, we would all see it. We're all gonna see it on freaking Snapchat or something. Something. Jesus is coming through the clouds. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's pretty bizarre. Uh, honestly, though, it's it's kind of crazy, man. Like, I don't think it's helpful to to try to stir up that like it's the end of the world, but it freaking feels like it. Yeah. If it doesn't feel like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I don't know what else does. But. Yeah, there was someone, it was a priest or podcast or someone that was talking about how, and this is very Jordan Peterson too, like to take, you know, macro things and make them like your own life is kind of living out this microcosm of like the grander. But, you know, I mean, we all will have our own, you know, end of the world. Like we're all dying. We're all going to have like an end that's coming uh, you know, like, you know, you could spiritualize it and say like, well, you know, you are in your end times, you know, like, yeah. um, it feels that way. Once you, once you get over 30, it starts feeling, even though it's not that old realistically, but it just starts feeling like, oh, this is the end times for me. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, man, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. And, and like in some ways really helpful, like, or healthy, there's something about, natural disasters that really uh, are. And again, to mention emotions that are guilty to bring up that feel like wrong to bring up, like it feels wrong to admit that you probably like 
are capable of really harming your own children. It feels wrong to bring that up. It feels wrong sometimes to admit that maybe we get a little excited and happy yeah. when natural disasters are coming. Yeah. And maybe we get a little let down when the tornado doesn't kill more people, you know, like it's totally. or when like it doesn't take out more buildings. Yeah. There's something deep inside of us. I think that realizes that natural disasters or these types of events kind of like, pull the pull the veil down a little bit where we go man everything else before this did not really matter it was just like a narrative and story that i was living in uh and so there's something about it that is helpful and i hate you know i i don't want to try to sugarcoat uh and be pollyanna about like people are literally dying and losing their jobs and, totally. and really in pain uh so i don't want to just be like you know like from some, sound like such a privileged white upper middle-class male that I am, but you know, there is something, uh, healthy and exciting. And I just have to admit that that's how I kind of feel like as yeah. much as I would hate losing my job, there is a little bit of me that was like, what if it all just went to shit? Like, totally. Like, what if we, what if we just had to live in a field and grow potatoes and, and try to make it, you know, there, there's something, yeah, there's something weird about that. I, I actually likened this to, um, and I, I'll preface it with this, and please do not do not feel the need to like mention like anything. But like, um, I likened it to like people who voted for Trump. All I'm saying is, I don't care if you voted for Trump. I don't, if you did, that's fine. Who cares? All I'm saying is, certain individuals I think wanted to vote for Trump. In that, okay, we're gonna let yes. we're gonna let the horse in to the hospital. I don't know if you've heard. John Mulaney, he's a comedian. He has a bit about this. Like you let the horse into the hospital. Yeah, It's like, yeah, you're like, cause we just really want to shake things up. Like we really want to see yes. the, um, the corruption, uh, you know, drain the swamp, all of that kind of stuff. I think it's yeah. a similar yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, especially when you see how messed up the world is, it's like sometimes, yeah, you do just want to see it burn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause like, yeah, you, it's almost like, uh, you know, you're, you're wanting to flood the earth, you know, it's that similar yeah. thing. Um, what but, do you think, what do you think is the, the, um, yeah. Like, what do you think is the, the direction of that desire? Like if we're Jordan Peterson it, or if we're kind of analyzing that phenomenon of that, you know, that feeling that we have, like there's the one part of it that could just be explained away as just some type of weird superficial um like like binging kind of like uh in the coliseum like you just want to watch people die because you've never seen people die before um totally but like do you you think there's a i do feel like there's a deeper probably spiritual you know origin of that attraction to wanting to watch things explode totally i think there's a I think inherent in that there's some of a good godly desire. I don't think it's uh, necessarily bad, but it's so funny. You mentioned Jordan Peterson. I was literally just listening to the last episode uh, that they published and it was on, I'm just going to pull it up. Um, Biblical series, Genesis, chaos and order, blah, 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 blah. But he was basically talking about people who talk about like, okay, like we're the virus, right? Like, um, and certain people who would wish that like we would, we as a human species would rid the earth um, from 
from, you know, uh, from our existence. Right. Like, um, yeah. Like he talks about like, like, yes, to a, to an extent that's good, but at the same time, there's also, um, at the end of the day, those people don't actually give a crap about humanity. Like they, they mm. really don't. And so it's, I think that, um, left unchecked, it can definitely lead you toward really, I don't know. And I'm not even saying like either of us are like, yeah, screw all this or whatever. But I do think it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like I, I've definitely noticed it within myself. Um, but I mean, gosh, we still got to freaking pay for our phone plans in order to film the end, the ending of the world. <laughs> so how do, how do we make money yeah. in this time, Edmund? I don't know. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh man. I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, if I could, could I ask you another question? I'm really interested Please. or curious about this. Uh, is that okay? I don't know how we're doing on time. We're, I mean, at this point we're, we're, we're going and I don't even care. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, uh, I'm interested, like, I mean, you still consider yourself a Christian. Like you're, do you work now still at that church? No. Or no, no, you work full time in this, but you're speaking as kind of like a Christian speaker. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like you help people figure out what they believe about God, right? Yeah. So I, it's kind of funny. Like my, <laughs> I don't really like um, advertise that I, that I'm like a social media marketer guy. Um, if anything, I'm like, okay, like if what I could be doing at the end of the day is just speaking, is just uh, creating, right? Like doing writing, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. That's what I would be doing. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm heading towards, but obviously Again, the uncertain times that we're in, it's like that puts a huge pin in things. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still um, consider myself a, a Christian. And um, even though I, I'm not on staff on any um, at any church or anything like that. So I'm just doing this uh, yeah. full time. Do you guys associate with a particular church? No. Yeah. And in fact, um, and I will leave this in the podcast because it needs to be said. We are not affiliated okay. <laughs> with any church uh, or denomination yeah. or organization. Um, yeah. yeah. And not even to try and make it sound like I take this too seriously, but it has come up um, like literally people from our church um, have like, like we've gotten actually, cause some of the stuff that we talk about, like it's not, um, it's not okay. I'm Mickey mouse and this is the magic kingdom and I'm going to talk yeah. to you that way. Like this is like, yeah, you're being, you're being, you're being honest and maybe it ruffles some feathers because yeah. their perception of what a Christian podcast might talk about. Yep. I mean, are you familiar with a bad Christian podcast? Oh, totally. Yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't listen a lot, but like, again, I went through a phase where I came across them and I was like, oh, that's fascinating. And then I was like, oh my gosh, th some of the stuff they talk about, like, I just could not, I just couldn't, there, there is a line where I know that like the people that write my paychecks would be like, that would a hundred percent fire me. Totally. There's a certain level of authenticity that I can get to. Yeah. And then there's like, there's a red line way out in the distance. Totally. And uh man, they, but, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff they talk about where I was like, yeah, if I didn't work for a church, like I'm glad that someone's out there just being honest about what they, what they feel, you well, know? And if I can, and, and not to crap on those guys by any stretch, but there's definitely a, a line between, okay, there's like, there's a case for authenticity. Like I just want to be myself. I don't want this institution, uh, to necessarily dictate the way that I talk or the way that I act. That's a big thing that I see. Yeah. And again, a lot of friends 
myself, I've been on yeah. staff at churches. Like I've been, I don't want to say I've been the phony, but I play the part. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think to an extent that's good and it's healthy and that's the way that it should be. But those guys in particular, like it's, it's a caricature in and of itself. Like, yeah, we're the bad Christians and we cuss and we drink and we, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like that's yeah, even it's a like part you, the op- playing. It's the opposite extreme. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, you have this radical, like being composed and then r- like unchecked authenticity. That's because I mean, I, I've realized recently as I, you know, once I got in my thirties, I realized that you can use honesty as a way to keep people at a distance. Mm. Like you, I, I realized that I was much more comfortable being open and honest and vulnerable, but I didn't realize till I got older that sometimes I used that as a shield because it was like, I'm going to say all of this so that you feel like you can't go any deeper and that you know everything. Mm. It, and like, I'm going to control the narrative and I'm just going to blurt it all out so that, um, so that it kind of doesn't allow you really to ask questions or challenge it. Mm. Like who, who I really am. And I didn't start realizing that till I was much older. Like, you know, our our natural personalities and gifts and talents can be used for good and for evil. You know, like we can just, we can be vulnerable and authentic and honest in a way that's um, healthy. And then you can do it in a way where it's like, you know, it's very unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm, and to be clear, I don't want to, I'm not like drawing a line in the sand, like bad Christian, they're terrible or whatever. And I don't think that's what you're saying either. Um, but yeah, I do think that I, I, I think you're right, Edmund. And I think that people, it's, it's, it's funny. My, my sister-in-law, she recently went through her own bit of deconstruction and she was like, uh, middle fingers up in the air. Like I, I, you know, she even mentioned on this very podcast, she's like, uh, yeah, I, for a lot of people, I would, uh, say, you know, the F bomb within three seconds of meeting them to test them to see if they would. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, like, I feel like it is, you're using honesty or whatever in the name of like, I'm just being myself. But really at the end of the day, you know that you're violating that person's whatever code that doesn't want. And it's not the fact that they, they, they say those words to themselves alone. Maybe it's just that they're, that's just not the way that they are. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, it's just so That could be, that can become its own that you like you like you talked about you can create the own thing that you're rebelling against which is now you've created a new world where everyone has to act how you're acting yeah you know which is this like rebel mentality maybe right and yep. so you rebelled against like rebellion is your new <laughs> is like your your new ideology where like yeah. okay now all of us have to act this way because i i don't want to be with those people who forced me to act a certain way like, yeah, you know, rebellion becomes its own, um, yeah, like ideology. So, well, so my, my actual question that I was, that, that was, that was like, I guess the setup, but my real question I was really curious about, um, and just in dealing with this myself too, but when, if someone asks you what keeps you Christian, like what, what keeps you, mm. cause I'm sure you struggle and we've talked a little bit about deconstruction yeah. and that we've alluded to that, but like what, uh, that's interesting. I don't know what, what keeps you a Christian at the end of the day, maybe. And as much as you've cared to share, but like what, what really like keeps you Christian? Well, first of all, I have tattoos 
um, that I, that I can't get rid of. So I have to be a Christian. (laughs) Um, so that's number one, (laughs) be embarrassing to go back on that. Um, now it's so funny. Do you know what straight edge is by chance? Um, it's like uh, straight edge. um, Is that a band uh, or something? Um, close there's straight edge bands which is such a weird thing but straight edge is essentially like no drugs no alcohol no sex like it's like the three yeah. x's maybe you've seen that like um it, it was a, in the in the hardcore kid music scene that was a big thing all that to say i know a friend who got th- uh, x's tattooed on the back of his legs and then he's no longer straight edge anymore um and that's embarrassing that was my only point <laughs> that sucks <laughs> but to answer your question <laughs> That is a amazing bit, and you got to keep that. Like, like somehow, like the whole I can't, I can't not be Christian because I have tattoos. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I love that. As soon as you get Jesus tattooed, you 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 can't go back on it. Uh, no, I I love that question, Edmund. And honestly, it's something that I've kind of come, I've faced and bumped up against a lot. And I think, um, I think part of it, it's just so funny. I like, I think part of it if I'm honest, I think part of it's just like default wiring. I'm like, I'm like, even though it wasn't necessarily something that I was raised with, it was like, um, it's kind of, you know, you dance with the one, the one who, who brung you that kind of idea, Mm. that kind of idea. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like Pete Holmes, for instance, I, I've, I've I've talked to you about him. He's a, he's a comedian as well. And he's very, um, he's very like, mystic and spiritual and he he literally the way he defines himself is I, i'm a christ-leaning uh spiritual person which what does that even mean mm. which, um and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was um he was raised um you know christian and at one point wanted to be a youth pastor and all this stuff um but for me i don't know man i think what what keeps me christian or what keeps me um, following Jesus, uh, which is kind of the way that I would frame it, or even just wanting to be live like Jesus is probably a better way of putting it for me is like, um, when I look at, when I just look at Jesus's life and I see the way that he lived, um, the way that he, he practiced, uh, compassion, kindness, and love towards people who were far different from him. I just think it's the most, number one, it's the most compelling, and it makes the most sense. You know what I mean? Um, I know a lot of people could probably make an argument like, well, there's so many other good teachers out there that uh, promote certain things. But I don't know. I I think uh, I think Jesus is just deeply compelling to me. And I think uh, when, when lived out as Jesus actually was, like in your own life, um, I think it's it just seems to make the most sense to me. And I think it's also very, a lot of the way of Jesus is very backwards, at least uh, to me. Um, but I feel like it's, um, it's also, it seems to lead to life, right? As, as the scripture says. And I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it, honestly. Like, I think, again, I'm trying to bear in mind, like, okay, like, yes, there's like a default wiring. Like, like if I were raised in India, you know, like I'd probably be a Hindu <laughs> or whatever. Like, um, uh, so I want to, I want to, I want to be honest about that part. But at the end of the day, when I look at, you know, and, and two, like, I like straight up, like, as you know, like as evidenced by like our conversation, like I have not done enough, uh, spiritual discovery or like gotten enough stamps in my passport from other 
other, not just religions, but just ways of seeing. So like, I think it is part of that. I think part of it's just, again, it's, this is the one who brought me to the dance. I'm going to dance with him, uh, which is just a weird way of putting it. But I think that's part of it. But beyond that, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just in my blood, you know? Yeah. And I think that's such a good, like, thank you for being so honest about that. And I think, I think like to your point about, you know, if, if we were born in India, we would be Hindu. If, you know, if we were born somewhere else, we'd be a different religion. I think for whatever the actual definition of deconstruction is, I think there is a healthy amount of that that you need, you know, like to get to a point where you say, okay, I'm acknowledging, I'm aware that my, my upbringing had an influence on the way I think, you know, and I think there's a lot of really interesting people talking about like cognitive bias and the way we make decisions and how our emotions play into those decisions and our upbringing. And, um, I'm a huge fan of, um, Jonathan Haidt. I have this book, Jonathan Haidt, um, the righteous mind, I think it's called why good people are divided by politics and religion. And, Mm. uh, there's also a really good book, uh, Daniel Kahneman's thinking fast and slow and, there's a lot more research being done about, you know, it's not as cut and dry as just be as like, just be rational and don't be emotional, but that our emotions and our intellect are like so much more connected than we previously thought. And so becoming aware of that is like a really important is a really important step. Yeah. Well, too, I think, yeah, I think, I think that's a beautiful place that you're at though, to like really be challenging everything and really be kind of drifting in a way that probably feels really really good. Well, and I'm trying to, what's funny is like, I'm trying to be an open hearted person who, who doesn't want to be so arrogant to say that like, well, what I've found the way that I happen to be just in my timeline, the, the, the kids that I met in this guitar class, like this just happens to be the truth with a capital T. Like I'm trying to avoid that arrogance that I've seen in so many religious folks Um, and, and true and truly like, like opening myself up to like other ideas or ways of seeing the world. It's just so funny. Like, even as I mentioned like, oh, well, this is my, this is my upbringing and this is probably why I, I am still a Christian. I, I, I almost think of like, I think of so many friends who tell their quote testimony, right? Uh, that's a fun word. They, they almost avoid, oh yeah, I was raised Christian or whatever, because it's almost like that's a dis like that's a discredit to them. Like, oh well, you were raised Christian. Like, oh well, yeah, you were, uh, yeah. Like you were born. Like it's like no, like that's not a bad thing. Just own it. It's fine. Like, um, yeah, hundred um, percent. And like I'm different. Like I, I was not raised Christian. Although like, and I would still consider like my spiritual walk uh, to be just as. I just think it's an um, even a very Western uh, American thing. Like I think. If, if America had a default religion, it would be Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, anyway. I often say, or, or I'm sure this is like an actual thing, but I often say that we're very, we're in a nation that's almost post-Christian in the sense that like we've kind of gone through this super saturation of Christianity in our nation. And so now we're kind of recovering from that. And people are like, think they know Christianity really, really well. Uh, and and then, and then you have people that grew up with it and never questioned it and, yeah. and everything in between. Yeah. And I have the same insecurities because for most of my life, hearing all these really wild conversion stories or testimonies and stuff, and then just being like, my parents loved me too much. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, 
Um, so I can definitely relate to that. And there's something cool though about, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I can't now remember if it was before or after we started hitting record, but, uh, how like transformation in Christ also makes you uniquely yourself. And what really changed me, um, what changed my life in a big way was a professor who was talking to us about holiness and said, there are things that you can do that St. Francis like didn't have that talent or skill. Mm. And he said, there are things that you Mm. can do and people you can talk to that mother Teresa never could have reached. And it was the first time in my life. I was like, dang. And he, you know, he said, God wants you to be a saint. He wants you to be transformed like, and keep the you in you. Yeah. And that's going to speak to someone who is like you, you know, like telling your witness, uh, so like when I share my story, so they gave me the confidence to go, okay, well, here's my witness. Like, like I was raised Catholic and then I didn't really meet the Lord until this. And, and so, yeah, and it's not like I woke up covered in blood and cocaine. And even <laughs> though I would wish that was the story, like I wish, yeah, like it's more you know, that, that was my crazy radical testimony, but it's not, it's not who I am. And it, again, full circle with this podcast, like just being honest about this is who I am and, and the journey I'm on. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, gosh, you made, you made me think a million things at once. And so here I am. I'm just, I'm stuck. I don't know what, what else to say, but dude, well, listen, I, you mentioned it at one point and I want to take you up on it. I would love to have you as a recurring guest if that's cool with you. Um, Oh, a hundred percent. I want to have you on the show too. So let's do this again. Sweet, man. All right. Well, um, was this what you expected? uh, Is this, is this what you need, what you wanted for this episode? Uh, it was, it was, I don't know what I was expecting, but I, I, it was everything I wanted and more. How about that? And I mean that, um, really quick, Edmund, where can we go to learn more about you, your work and to follow uh, your happenings? I'm the most active on Instagram. If you find me on there, but I, you know, I have a website, edmundmitchell.com. And then if you search my name in like any podcast apps or YouTube, honestly, probably any social media, you're going to find me, but, uh, YouTube podcast and, uh, Facebook and yeah, but Instagram is like, if you find my personal profile on Instagram, that's where I post most things. I have a podcast called the show, which is dumbly named, but that, but yeah, if you search my name in places, you'll find most stuff, but Instagram, that's like, I'm really active on Instagram. Done. Done. Well, people are finding you as we, as we wrap this up, Sir Edmund Mitchell, it's been a pleasure. We can, we can finish the recording. Here we are. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Thanks man. It was great being on. There you have it, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it. What do you think, Edmund? He's a great guy, don't don't you agree? He's, he's a interesting fellow, really smart guy, and just loved what he had to say. So many good bits in there. Just little just little nuggets of truth. Uh, I, I really loved what he said about honesty and how uh, some people can actually use it to get in the way. Uh, or they use it as a way to like keep people at arm's length. I, there's so, so much good stuff in there. So uh, if there's anything that stood out to you in this podcast, uh, as we always say, we want to make this a conversation. So please reach out to us. Also reach out to Edmund. Let him know what you got from this podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, leave us a review uh, on uh, iTunes. Tell us, t- please tell us what you think. We want to know. We want an honest review. Uh, if this podcast is, res- is resonating with you, we know people are listening. 
the the analytics, as far as I know, do not lie. <laughs> we could see people are listening, which is awesome. Uh, but but you know. I, I understand it's a pain in the butt, but uh, it really does mean a lot. And we can maybe read it on on the air uh, if you leave us a review. Um, again, an honest review. You don't need to butter our bread too much. We just want to know wh- what do you think, you know, because it really is the only way that we know uh, how, how it's being received. And so um, also you can reach out to us on Twitter um, or you can email us, refreshinglyhonestchristian at gmail.com. Uh, that's cool too. Uh, but again, just reach out to us and uh, let's let's make this a conversation. Uh, speaking of reviews, uh, I have a, a review I'd like to share from Fatherhood Gospel. So this is actually a friend of mine, Chris Ramirez. He has a podcast. Uh, this is what he has to say about the podcast. This is so, so good for the community of God. A lot of times people feel too afraid to have hesitations towards God let alone ask questions or question God. But the beauty about asking questions is that God meets us in the middle of our questions, hesitations, and concerns. This is so good. Keep it going. People need a free, need freedom to, to explore their faith and watch God meet them right where they're at. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I, <laughs> I know you're biased because you were in my wedding, uh, but that does mean a lot. Uh, I, I, hope, I hope that that... Um, that resonates with you, listener. Uh, I, I agree uh, that people do need freedom to explore their faith. Um, and I do believe that God will meet you right where you're at. So um, just keep exploring. Keep uh, digging in, pressing in. Uh, don't be afraid to, to admit that you have these questions because we all have them uh, in some form or another. So hopefully this is a safe place for you to explore Um, and to uh, just keep heading in the right direction, uh, whichever that direction is for you. Honestly, uh, I try not to, (laughs) I try not to push people, push Jesus on people, um, you know, but um, I really do believe that Jesus is, uh, he's, he's, he's the way, right? He's the truth. He's the life. And I don't just mean afterlife insurance. I feel like Jesus is, I mean, it was said in the podcast, like his, what keeps me Christian is I feel like Jesus is very compelling and uh, his way of life um, when lived out in flesh and blood when we actually do what he did when we actually practice what he preached right uh, it just uh, it's I think it's I think it's how we were supposed to be um, and so uh, who can argue with that right <laughs> like who doesn't need a little love a little a little bit of joy, a little bit of peace, all that good stuff in their life. Uh, forgiveness. Come on. Do I need to, to freaking say all the fruits of the Spirit? Probably not. Uh, all right, my friends, let's land this plane. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, my name is David Metcalf, your host, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Do you struggle with anxiety or depression? Uh, I definitely do. Uh, (laughs) uh, And so I've been going to a therapist uh, for a bit now. um, And so I better help. Better help is uh, a service that I'm excited to offer our listeners. Uh, If you don't know, uh, better help is a uh, online platform that 
that offers licensed professional therapists. Um, and you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Uh, you get to meet with a therapist and it's seriously like, as far as like most therapy, I don't know if you've gone to therapy. If you looked into therapy, it's pretty expensive. Uh, it really is, uh, pretty affordable and they offer financial aid. Um, and so, uh, if you would like to check out therapy and you've, you know, you've just kind of been hitting a wall, uh, it doesn't even have to be as drastic or as, as intense as, you know, depression or anxiety. It could be that, but, um, is, is there something getting in the way? <laughs> you know, uh, I really firmly believe that everybody should, every person should see a therapist, um, and at, <laughs> at some point in their life. Uh, and so, uh, if you're curious, you could check out BetterHelp. Um, and you can go to refreshinglyhonestchristian.com forward slash better help. Uh, and you're actually going to get your first week free. So by checking this out, uh, you'll, and if you, and if you do take this, uh, take, take better help up on this offer, uh, they'll actually give me a, fr- me a free week. So it kicks back a little, it, it incentivizes you to help me. So if you want me to be a healthy, uh, whole person, uh, you, <laughs> you could be a healthy whole person too and uh, know that it's it's uh, helping me. Uh, <laughs> is that weird? It's fine. It's whatever. We're plugging it here just because um, it's something that I so uh, f- deeply believe in um, and, and have gotten a lot of value from. Uh, I was matched up with my therapist within, gosh, 48 hours, and it, and it really has been a match made in heaven. Uh, so check it out, refreshinglyhonestchristian.com forward slash better help. Uh, it'll take you to our website. There's a button there at the bottom. So anyway, if you could benefit from therapy, better help is a great option and uh, you won't regret it.